30 seconds. Okay. What have I been watching? I've been binge watching Superstore on Hulu. It's a Justin Spitzer show, but he's one of the writers from The Office and from Parks and Rec. So it's that tone of show, which I love. I've heard about it for a long time. It's one of those that I was like, ah, I should watch that. But I put it off and I watched it and I'm obsessed with it. It's really cute. Very Parks and Rec-y. That whole deal. Like, uh, good place. If you liked any of those shows, you'll love Superstore. So that's been my go-to show that I've been watching because the kids can watch it. It's my background noise when I'm doing a puzzle. So Is that America Ferrera? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. I recognized It's cute, but it's also there's points that I have just laughed out loud at just, like, this crazy crap they say. Because there's a woman on there. Her name is Sandra. If you're a fan of the show... Sandra is just the best. She's just the person that just, like, gets shit on all the time, and she has these great one-liners, and I love her. Other than that, there hasn't been... Last weekend was my big weekend because my little one was gone, so I had plenty of time to watch stuff. This weekend, I didn't. I So I haven't watched a lot. I'm excited about the Golden Globes, though. That was fun. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I read like a really quick blurb about it was like Netflix and Disney Plus cleans up at the Golden Globes, but I don't know what one I didn't look into it that far. But yeah, we should because that's kind of stuff that we're supposed to know about, huh? Well, I've I've watched I've watched a lot of the stuff that was nominated, but that's my thing. It wouldn't matter if we were doing this podcast or not. That's kind of if stuff comes up, if I hear about it, gets a lot of critical buzz. That's the stuff I enjoy watching. I like the indie stuff and I like all the award season stuff. So, And I'm the complete opposite. It's usually <laughs> I've watched maybe one thing on shows like that. Like I've been to the Emmys a couple of times and I should not have been there because I had seen maybe one or two things I was nominated. I was just there so, for the experience. <laughs> you make me so sad. Like, I so know. Sad. I know. Well, this was back in Grey's Anatomy time, and as we have talked about, I did watch that, and it was when that kind of stuff was doing really well in award shows, so I knew a couple of people. Oh, well, I have been watching... Well, I have not been watching. I have been playing on my phone while my husband has been watching something called Eat, Race, Win on Amazon Prime, and it's about the 2017 Tour de France, and it follows a team from Australia, but it also kind of peppers in this woman in a food truck and she cooks for them throughout the tour so it's kind of like a sports show it's kind of like a food network show and you would probably never guess that I'm not the one that picked it (laughs) then for some random reason my kids and I decided to start watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation last night. (laughs) I wanted to show it to them during Christmas, but it seems like Amazon and Netflix will take stuff off like that, I guess, to get you to pay for it during the actual season that it's relevant Mm. to. And it popped back up on Netflix, so I was like, well, let's watch it. Hmm. And they think it is hilarious. It's so much cruder than I remembered it being, but it's not to the point where I care that my kids Don't let them watch the original. Don't let them watch the original. Oh, yeah? There's so much boob in the original, and there's so much oh, boob shit. in the European one that I don't remember. Like I don't remember that either. Yeah. I, the, yeah. It was super fun watching it with my kids. I was like, ah! Oh, sh- <laughs> and that was back before the ratings changed. So I was like, okay, it's PG. PG's not bad. Oh. No, that was before the ratings deal changed. So PG was like Ooh. PG-13, almost R. Back you in should the see day. my face right now. Oh my, I, yeah, you're right. Oh my god. Yeah. So okay. The, that yeah. changed Notice to like <laughs> mid late '80s, early '90s. The the ratings thing changed. So all those movies we liked when we were kids are messed up. They're like super bad. There's a lot of sexual overtone even in Christmas Vacation, and it's going over their head for the most part. I did not remember it was like this, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes me concerned for my parents' parenting because I saw all of this stuff. I know. Oh, boy. I went to White Men Can't Jump with my parents. I'm just going to put that out there. At the midnight showing, it was the most embarrassing thing ever. When I was like 12, it was too much. Anyways. Oh, watch Pretty Woman with my mom. And I (laughs) know for sure she did not know that there was a sex scene in that movie. So... 
Yeah. She that, was cool with like, prostitution, but not Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, everybody. Welcome to That's So Original Podcast, the movies that scarred us from the 80s edition. <laughs> and I am Kelly. I'm here with Tiffany. Hi. Hey. hey. And we are going to keep talking about Bridgerton until we're done talking about Bridgerton. And we're so close. We're so close. It's so it's we're, we're right there. We're on the cusp. Yes. Yes. We are approaching the finish line. We are talking today about episode seven. It is titled Oceans Apart. This is one of the most depressing hours of television I have watched in a really long time. Oddly enough, I liked this episode. I don't know. It had its moments. And I liked the title. I liked the title of this one. It went faster taking notes than it normally does. I don't know why. The time seemed to go by faster. Although there was one part, which we'll get to, that I was like, yes, it's done. And then I was like, oh, no. no." (laughs) Yep. And then next episode is an hour and 15 minutes. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, Great. Yeah. Yeah. I carved myself out like four hours to watch this. (laughs) Yep. That might have to go over several days of note-taking. All right. Well, I think it's my turn to start us off. So we start with Daphne and her pianoforte. And I don't know if this is her playing or not. I'm going to assume not. But whoever's playing this just plays beautifully. Anyway, there is a loud gunshot right outside the window where she's playing because the Duke is taking out his aggressions on these poor pigeons in the yard. They're skeet shooting, but with pigeons. Yeah, that's what I had too. (laughs) Seems barbaric, but okay. She goes over to this window, which turns out to not actually be a window. It's like a door. And she opens it so that he can hear her music better, but also she can hear his gunshots better. Everyone's getting annoyed. It's just good times all around. Daphne is really angrily playing this piano, and that's a really stupid sentence to even have to write but it was even (laughs) stupider to watch this whole first part but i had he is shooting as quickly as she is playing how no one knows (laughs) it's just dumb and did you notice her ring her ring's not cute it's not cute. no it's not it's just like these three or four pearls pearls yeah but i guess it's that's probably vintage that's probably what it would have been back in the day so yeah i just didn't think it was cute so i didn't either Later at dinner, they are sitting at opposite ends of the table, and Daphne asks this servant next to her to ask the servant at the other end of the table to ask the Duke if her stuff is being moved out of his bedroom and into hers yet. And Simon says to this guy next to him, yeah, tell her no, not gonna happen. And she says, you really think we're gonna sleep in the same bed after all of your lies and deception? And so they're just really doing this in front of everybody, which I think is really awkward, but also kind of a shitty demonstration of the fact that they didn't really consider these people as even real people. They were just like, I I don't know. They were, yes, they were like, they were, they're like things sitting around. They're horses. mm -hmm. They're nothing to them. Yes. Like arguing in front of a chair. I mean, honestly, that's what it's like. He says, oh, don't worry, sweaty, is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> the, the last thing I'm concerned about is sleeping in the bed with you, having marital relations and such. They slam their glasses down. It's all very juvenile. But also, I think she's like 16 or 17. So honestly, what do you expect? Right. right. She says, well, it's customary for a woman to sleep in her own room after the honeymoon is over. And I think we are way past the honeymoon stage, don't you think? And he says, Fine, but be sure to let me know how successful your recent endeavors were, i.e., did I knock you up? And she says, I wouldn't dream of keeping something so important from you. Also, how the hell would you even do that living in the same house? It's going to be pretty obvious one way or another. Miss Colson rushes in with the latest whistle down and hands it to Daphne. And she's like, oh, uh, we have got to pack up at once. And Simon wants to know what has happened. It's the one talking about Colin and Marina. So it's the whole scandal thing. Daphne's like, I got to go. Got to take care of this. He says that he'll come with her. She says, no, it's a family matter. I'm like, ooh. So rude. And he basically tells her he doesn't want to let her out of his sight until he knows whether she's pregnant. And I don't understand that reasoning. But Yeah. 
I don't either. Yeah, she was like, fine. But, and then she tells this to a servant, tell his grace that we will need the biggest carriage so I don't have to breathe near him. Okay, thanks. Opening credits. She's such a snot. Like, such a yes. snot. And I don't understand this whole, I'm going to be by your side to figure out if you're pregnant. Like, what, what she's going to do a quick, like, shove a pillow on her dress and, like, ha ha, I'm pregnant. Yeah, and, like, exactly. and take him out. <laughs> That's what or, I she's been gone for a day, Simon. Chill out. Or lied about getting her period. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand the rationale. And if anybody out there has read the books, explain this to me. Because I don't get Yeah, it. that's true. That's true. Maybe there's more in the books. Yeah. Back at the town, which they call the ton, but I don't know why. It is an old British expression that basically means neighborhood. Oh, because I was like, is it the Bridgerton? And I was like, what does that mean? Because they're not cool enough to own the whole town. That ending of the name is kind of like that. It's it's the Bridger Ton. Oh, so the Featherington. And, I gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got those names. See, I don't know the origin of breakfast, but I know a thing or two. Tiffany, go on. Okay, so back at the Ton, the latest whistle down is being delivered. and Everyone's talking about Miss Marina Thompson's fall from grace. It's been revealed her engagement to Colin was a scam, and we see Colin looking forlorn on his bed. (laughs) And (laughs) Mama B and Eloise leave the house at the exact same time that Mama Feather and Marina are leaving their house. And there is the most awkward of looks at each other, like, ugh, gross. Mm -hmm. And Lady Wissadown tells us, of course, a lady's disgrace does not merely tarnish her own good name. Like the Tar of the Thames, it leaves a horrid smear on anyone nearby. So her crap... It's just all over everybody else. It's ruining the Bridgerton family. It's ruining Feathertons. The whole deal. So Eloise and her mom are at Modis getting fitted for her debut. And she's worried that the scandal will tarnish her debut. So she says to her mom, you know, we could hold this off for a few years, you know, just to let everything die down. And Mama tells her to hush and to keep smiling because everyone's watching. <laughs> Mom's going to have a breakdown by the end of the season. I just know it. <laughs> she's going to be an alcoholic. She is holding on by a thread. Seriously. And her boobs still look great. So she's got that. Oh, God, they do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so Eloise is worried about Penn's future, which honestly, that's the most, I don't know, not annoying thing that Eloise has said in the last yeah. four episodes. Yeah. And it comes down to the fact that she's a woman, but she's worried about her future and getting married. And Mama B tells Eloise to worry about her own. Not worry about everybody else, worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. So that now always starts to wonder, well, maybe if Lady Whistledown can destroy her reputation, maybe she can restore one too. And then they tell everybody to stand back and they admire Eloise and she does. She actually looks really pretty. Yes, They've lowered her skirts and made her look like an adult. For some reason or another, Mama and Feather has taken Marina. Is this an orphanage? What That's is- what I think. Yeah. And she, yeah, she takes her to this place. I assume it's someplace where she can have the baby and leave it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. There's a woman working there and she says, I'm sorry, we're full. Can't have her here. We're full. But we could maybe find room for a considerable donation. And Mama's us like, yeah, my husband gambled all our money away. So we are back. <laughs> <sighs> poor, poor Mama F. I know. I know. So Simon and Daphne are in the huge carriage, I guess. And I was like, oh, my God, they're traveling at night, just throwing caution right, to the wind. Right. I see. Staff, Stephanie. That's what I just said. Stephanie. She's a staff Steph. infection. <laughs> <laughs> I called her Diamond, I think, one time. And now they're Stephanie. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So the carriage stops and Daphne says, we've arrived. Simon tries to follow her out of the carriage. And she's like, I'm not going to find out I'm pregnant in the next hour. So why don't you just wait here? Inside the Bridgerton parlor, Colin, sweet, sweet Colin, he just thinks all these things in Whistledown are lies, and he just wants to visit Marina and talk to her and find out, you know, what the real story is. And Anthony says, look, the minute you go near her, everyone's going to think you're the father of the child, and then your sisters will never find a husband. Is that what you want, Colin? Daphne walks in. And everyone is so surprised to see her since still her honeymoon. I guess she got married like a week ago. And Mama B thinks it's great that she's there, though, because if everyone sees the Duke and the Duchess are still hanging around, they're going to think everything is fine. And Daphne says, "Okay, well, what's on the social calendar this week that 
the Duke and I can show our faces at. Well, conveniently enough, the Queen is hosting a luncheon, and Daphne says, okay, great. I am sure that we can get ourselves an invitation, and then the people will have so much else to talk about, they'll hardly have time to even think about this silly little scandal. And Colin is still annoyed at the whole thing, and storms out, because, I don't know, Colin's like 15, too. These people are too young to be dealing mm. with these emotions. He's older than her. He's older than Daphne. Oh. Oh, that's right. So he's older than her. So he's like 17. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Daphne follows Colin into another room and she says, so you really wanted to marry her? And he says, "Um, yeah, that's why I proposed. She says, well, it's probably for the best that you didn't marry a stranger, you know, like I did. You're lucky to have learned about her secrets before your wedding day, you know, like I didn't. I said projecting much. Projecting. (laughs) Right? Colin's like, I still love her and want to be with her. And Daphne says, I get it, but you can't visit her. Finally, Colin realizes it's not all about him and asks Daphne if something happened. He caught on to that projecting Mm -hmm. thing a little bit. She doesn't answer. Instead, she offers to arrange a secret chaperoned rendezvous with Marina, and he is all in. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do this now. My passions are not in vain. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So Simon is back to his normal bullshit because he's in the (laughs) boxing ring because he can't handle real emotion without punching something. So him and Will are just going at it. He's getting some good punches in on Will, and Will he has to save his energy for his exhibitions instead of wasting them on Simon's troubles. And I was like, ooh, burn. And he says, I have not seen you this angry since you were handed the keys to the dukedom. Do not speak of my dukedom. And I was like, dukedom is a word? (laughs) I was more concerned about that. (laughs) And he says, well, all right. Well, it's happening on your honeymoon. I don't want to speak of my wife or what we did on my honeymoon. Will's like, it makes zero sense, right? And Simon's like, what? What are you talking about? marriage and there's nothing you can do about it and simon says well i took a vow and we don't know if he took a vow to daphne did he take Mm -hmm. a vow to never have kids where's his vows he's got so many vows i like how simon is completely out of breath and will's just like chilling yeah like this is boring this is so boring looking hot as all get out right i was like oh we're back with will oh yeah simon's there too So we see Daphne in her bed and she's tossing and turning and she hears a noise. Simon's come home and she's peeking at him from like the doorway, like super obviously. The door is <laughs> open and she's staring at him through the, like, not even a slit. She's like full on staring and he's like, I see you. And see what? <laughs> you can't see me. My eyes are closed. <laughs> and he asks her why she's still awake. And she says, well, I did tell you the queen is holding a luncheon. We need to attend with Colin to show our support. And Simon's like, sure, whatever. Simon's all for like, not, he doesn't want her family to look like, look bad. He's whatever I have to do. I'll be there. Not so happy with you right now, but you know, I'll, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And she says, so where have you been all night? He says, I didn't think you were concerned about my whereabouts. And finally, Daphne has, like, the first adult conversation she's had this episode. She's like, is this what our marriage is going to be? Like, for real? Because I personally am bored and I don't want to watch them anymore because it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, well, you're out all night doing God knows what with whom. And I was like, oh, here we go. Back to being a 15-year-old again. Yep. And he says, you wound me. After three weeks of marriage, you think I'm disloyal. So it's been three weeks. They've been three weeks of banging and now they're, they're unhappy. And she's like, is that such a crazy thing to think, given your reputation and that there's there's nothing left in our marriage? He's like, wait, there's nothing left? And she says, oh, that's what I said. <laughs> he said, well, is it what you believe? And so he steps closer and, like, gets a little closer to her. And all of a sudden they're making out and they're stripping down right there in the hallway. If clothes are flying. So he throws her down. He doesn't throw her down. He puts her down gently on the stairs and decides just, to give her oral right there on the stairs because, you know, why not? Because there's only 5,000 freaking servants in this house that'll see them, (laughs) but whatever. They do their thing. And then she sits up and says, well, maybe we should go to the bedroom and finish what we started. And he gives her the saddest look and says, no. And she jumps up and she's like, what is to become of us? You know, he goes, well, if you have a child, then I'll stay and I'll do my duty to support you both. And she's like, and if I'm not? He's like, then we'll be married in name only. You'll be a provider for it in a manner befitting a duchess. But I will never darken your doorstep again. 
And he points to the stairs. He's like, this, this cannot happen. This will never happen. That's what I said. Gestures broadly. Yeah. And she's like, we can't trust each other. I understand that well. And she storms back to her room. I am so confused by what he's saying here. It doesn't make any sense to me. He doesn't want a kid. So many mixed signals. Yeah, he doesn't want a kid. But if she has a kid, he'll stay with her and he'll support them both. If she doesn't have a kid, he's going to bail on her ass. I don't understand. You don't want a kid. So if she has a kid, it seems flip-flop. Like he would just not want to have anything to do with her, but he would still support her. Like, But their lives would still be entirely separate, her and the kid. And if she, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then, and then pointing to the stairs like, this can never happen. I was like, that's the only thing that can happen if you don't want the kid. That's, you gotta, right. you gotta do that all the time. <laughs> Did no Somebody one teach you that? It's another ninth grade helpless. Well, like, for real. <sighs> I don't get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you read the book, explain it to me because it makes no <laughs> sense. Now, I feel like there are some gaps here. Yeah, for sure. So the next day, I said Colin and Daphne are somewhere. I don't know. Are they at the Bridgerton place? Yes, are they... they're at the Bridgertons, I believe. Okay. So Marina walks in, and she's immediately giving attitude to Daphne. I was right. like, I kind of liked her spunk at first, but now I'm over it. And Daphne says, look, I'm just here as a chaperone because I don't need any more scandal brought to my family. So Daphne goes and sits down on a couch so that she can pretend not to be listening. <laughs> she's awkwardly but... pretending to read. Yeah. And I was like, Whatever. <laughs> Colin is like, okay, just tell me that Whistledown is wrong. And Marina says, sorry, she's right. I'm pregnant. He says, we were going to get married. You said you loved me. She says, I hold you in the highest esteem. Ugh, ouch. Friend zone. He's got to be so confused. He's like, we haven't even kissed. Did you eat cake? I'm so confused. (laughs) I don't know. How How did you get pregnant? He is livid, though, but she throws it right back at him, saying, I did not come here to be shamed by you or anyone else looking at Daphne. She says, I did not know better. I did what I thought I had to do. No one helped me. I had no choice. You were the only man who offered me a glimpse of happiness. And he's like, wow, so I should be flattered. Should I feel lucky that you tried to trick me into a marriage? Meanwhile, Daphne's sitting there like, wow, are they talking about me? Or (laughs) this sounds really oddly familiar. This book is really interesting. (laughs) Colin says, bye, but like, like a really fancy way to say bye. And then right before he walks out, he turns back around and says, you want to know the cruelest part of your lies? If you had just come to me and told me about your situation, I would have married you without a second thought because that was how in love with you I was. Okay, but now I'm really leaving. Bye. And then Marina leaves and then Rose comes in and tells Daphne that her carriage is waiting to go to the Queen's luncheon. These doors are getting a workout on this episode. Mm-hmm. Everybody's slamming a gosh slam, darn door. Slam, 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 slam. So we are at the luncheon and the queen is looking fierce mm-hmm. again. That purple dress, gorgeous. She looks great. So all the Bridgertons walk in and Mama is so happy because they're all together again. Even though in scandal, <laughs> where we are. <laughs> Even Anthony says, yeah, we should court scandal more often so we can all have these family reunions. It's great. And... These random ladies come up to Daphne and tell her she looks great. And isn't it a wonder to be wed? And Simon says, it's a joy and a wonder indeed. And like storms <laughs> off. And they are so passive aggressive. It's like ridiculous. Queen Charlotte walks up to them. Her name is Charlotte. That's why they call her Lottie, which I thought that was. Oh, okay, that's why. I freaking love that. Yeah, I like it too. I have a friend whose granddaughter's named Charlotte. I think Charlotte and Lottie. And I think that's cute. So she comes over and she says that she has a hundred guinea bet on whether or not there's a Hastings heir within the year. And she's, then she like kind of nudges Daphne. She's like, so you with child? Am I going to win that hundred bucks? What are we doing? And uh, Simon says, yeah, we've been devoting our energies to it. You know, we did the banging all the time. <laughs> we hope to see you satisfied real soon. And Daphne looks at him and she's like, wow, your two-facedness has just come so naturally. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I learned from the best. I'm like, oh, God, they're so awful. And Mama's like looking at him like, things are great. (laughs) Happy reunion. (laughs) Henry the artist comes up to Benedict and says, hey, we missed you at the studio. And you should come more because improvement comes from practice. I was like, is he talking art or sex? It's unclear. We don't know. And then his wife is with him. She's like, that's the excuse he gives when he comes home with paint in all sorts of peculiar places. Benedict gives the most awkward, unpleasant giggle that I've ever heard from a man. (laughs) 
<laughs> I rewound it and listened to it again because I thought it was so fun. Henry Thatter says, hey, were you able to meet my friend Weatherby at the party? And Benedict's like, nope. I definitely didn't see you guys naked together. Nope, mm-hmm. not at all. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite part. He's like, oh, is that my mom? Ma- yeah. Oh, my mom's calling me. Yeah, I gotta go. Bye bye. What's that? I'm late for dinner. <laughs> Just so sad. Oh. So the butler dude whose name I can't remember. Um, oh my god, I said that too. I said the head servant guy. I can't remember. The, from the it's the queen's like little servant yes. guy stops Eloise and says, "Her Majesty requires an audience." And Eloise is terrified. She's like, "Frick, this queen's all up in my ass." So she comes over and the queen shoes all her ladies with their pomeranians away and says, "Hey, okay, all right, who is it? Whistle now. Tell me now. Let's say it right now." And she says, "Um, well." I'm ignorant myself that I do not know yet, but I was thinking, and she, Queen's like, yeah, my patience has limits. Get me an answer. Your queen demands it. And Elvis like, okay, I just shit my pants a little, but I will be right on it. Right on top of it, Rose. <laughs> I was like, how about not give the job to a 15-year-old? Who, yeah. I mean, how the hell is she supposed to figure this out? She doesn't even go to the party. She's not allowed to. I know. So how's she going to get any intel? God. So Lady Danbury is also here and she is talking to Simon and Daphne and she says, hey, glad you're here. Perfect timing with the little tittle tattle with your brother. And Daphne says, oh, yeah, that was just a happy little coincidence. And Lady D is like, sure it was. Well, anyway, your plan seems to be working. I haven't heard anyone talking about that little entanglement. Oh, P.S. I'm hosting a party that you have just got to come to. And Simon says, well, we love a good party. And Daphne's like, crap, I got to fake this shit at another social (laughs) event. And Daphne says, well, I don't really know when we will be accepting invitations. And Lady D says, no, not we. This invitation is just for you. It's a special soiree with the married ladies of the Ton. And then Lady Feather and... Her daughters walk in and everyone stops what they're doing to stare at them. I'm like, she actually has a lot of balls Mm -hmm. showing up to this. I got to give her some credit for that. The look that the queen gives them is hilarious. She is like, who invited these people? Oh, shit, it was me. Oh, yeah. Some lady looks at them and says, the audacity. (laughs) And Calpie is running her mouth about how dare they try to show up after they tried to entrap that poor Bridgerton boy. And Eloise comes up behind... Penelope and grabs her and they scamper off to the side and Eloise wants to know how everything is at the house and Penelope says oh it's bad news we have not had a caller in three days oh my god ruined who was coming before that though because exactly who was coming father lord feather or whatever scared the the one yeah. guy away yeah yeah Ugh. anyway Penelope wants to know how Colin is, and Eloise says he'll be fine. The men always are in these situations. But everyone is saying Lady Whistledown went too far this time. And Penelope says, oh, yeah, well, I thought you were her greatest admirer. And Eloise says, yeah, but not after she has smeared the name of my greatest friend, which I thought was kind of sweet. Eloise says, when we find out who she is, we will convince her to print a retraction. So that's Eloise's plan and her motivation now for finding out who Whistledown is because she thinks she can convince her to print something else that kind of clears everybody's name. Well, she comes right, haha, just kidding. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> Lady Feather walks up to Lady B like, oh my god, isn't this so awful how we were both duped by that scheming hussy? I can't believe she took advantage of my kindness. I had literally no idea. And Mama B, not born yesterday, does not believe a word of it and just walks away. The head servant guy, that we don't know his name, tells Lady Feather that she has to leave. And she says, excuse you, I have an invitation. He says, not anymore. So as they walk out, Cowpie says to her mom, well, that should teach them. And Daphne, who's standing right next to her, says, teach them what, Miss Cowper? Judging not lest we too be judged. And uh, it's just all too much. Yes, it's so dumb. The writing is so bad. I know. She walks away into the gardens and Mama Bee follows her because Mama Bee, she knows something's up. She says... I'm still your mom. You can come to me when you need help. Daphne just unleashes all of her anger at Simon out on her mama right now. Although what she is saying is not untrue. 
She says, you know what would have helped if your motherly advice had actually prepared me to be married? You sent me out into the world no better than a fool. You didn't tell me about sex, basically. That's what I'm really mad at. (laughs) I mean, and she's right. And I think about how this didn't happen with Daphne because Simon is a good guy, but how easily a young woman could be taken advantage of being so naive and not knowing how anything works. I don't know. Like, I just... I, I'm the the sexual assaults, like, the sexual yes. violence, thinking that was normal, thinking that, that was, was normal. okay. Exactly what I was thinking. Exactly what I was thinking. Yep, you hit the nail on the head. Well, you notice that every time the beginning of Netflix, it says, you know, caution, this episode includes sexual violence. I've yet to see any sexual violence. I don't know what it's referring to. But anyways, I think <laughs> about that a lot. <laughs> I think about sexual violence all the time. (laughs) I think about it just all the time. It's just constantly in my head. Daphne notices that Lady Danbury is standing at the entrance to the garden. So she just leaves. And Mama Bee is like, yeah, it's it's the heat. She's just overcome. She's just really hot right now. And Lady D is like, yeah, uh uh-huh. She's like, it's January. Shut up. (laughs) I don't even know. And also, I was not born yesterday. You know, I'm older than you are. I think. So... Mama Featherton comes home and she is furious. So because she's been humiliated in front of everyone and she goes to the dad. She's like, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. We were all humiliated because of you. And he's like, how can it be my fault? I wasn't even there. She's like, well, it wasn't for your habit. We'd all be, we've been able to get rid of Marina the moment we knew of her condition. And their housekeeper comes in. She's like, uh, the Duchess of Hastings is here. And she's like, what? hold on a minute, let me get my shit together, walks out to see Daphne, and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you came to visit. Your mother was quite heated at the luncheon. I'm glad you see the error of her judgment. Daphne's like, yeah, I'm not here for you. Um, Can I talk to Marina? And Mom and Feather's like, oh, well, shit. Okay. So Daphne and Marina are alone, and Marina says, I just want to apologize. You know, Colin's a sweet boy. And Daphne's like, no, I owe you an apology. What you felt you had to do, I get it. And Marina says, I wish it hadn't happened like this. And Daphne's like, you're not the only one. She's like, "Uh projecting. And Marina's like, George was a soldier, but he was also the father of her baby. Was also gentle and kind. But next thing I knew, I found myself a child and alone. So Daphne says, well, okay, you say he's a soldier. What's his last name? What's his regiment? Maybe I can speak to the general. He's in town with his wife and get the deeps on George. What else are you going to do? You're alone with no rank, no title, no protection, no support for you or your child. Anything's better than that. So let me do this for you. And Daphne all of a sudden is turned into Eloise. She's like, why should he be the one to choose your future if he doesn't care about the outcome? Yeah. He's at fault here. Why should you be left alone to bear the punishment of his crime? It's true. Marina's like, uh, so what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Marina says, well, you think you can do this? And Daphne's like, I can do more than you think. Like, I can run super fast. And Look what I can do. Look what I can do. I can flip my arms. I can jump really fun. Like, okay. Oh, that needs to be a meme. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Look what I can do. Oh my God. I'm going to put her on. Uh, what's that? Stuart. Uh, what's that? Stuart. Stuart. Yes. I was like, S- 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 S-. I couldn't get the word. Stuart. Mama's uh. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. We've got the meme for the next time. So Lord Feather is walking through town, notices a flyer on a street pole advertising Will's next fight. So now he's at Will's house. And Will tells him, all he does is win, win, win. But investing is pretty expensive in his fights. So don't know if you can fork up the money, Lord Feather. And Lord Feather says, actually, I'm not really here to place bets on your match. I'm here with a more lucrative proposition. Maybe you and I can come to an arrangement about the outcome of your next fight. Will's like, nah, I'm not going to throw a fight for you. Sorry. Lord Feather says, look, would you rather stake your fortunes on the outcome of a business scheme or back a sure thing? If you agree to throw your next fight, I will make a wager on your opponent so big that half my winnings would set you and your family up for life. Will says, my honor is not for sale. So get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) And... Will stands up like, time to go, and Lord Feather keeps going on about how Will is just an entertainment. No one is ever going to take him seriously as a businessman. Then he's talking about Will's father, and I was like, oh, no, don't do that. That's the straw right there. Will grabs him by the jacket, shoves him against the wall, says, don't talk about my family. Lord Feather says, look, I'm doing this for my family, too. 
One simple arrangement and both our problems are solved. Just think about it. So he leaves his card. He has like a business card. Yeah, for how? What the hell does yeah. he do? <laughs> and then he leaves. Why do you need a business card when like everybody knows everybody in this town? So we are back at Hastings' house and Rose and Daphne are walking down the stairs and Rose says the entire town is clamoring for a visit with her and don't forget the Lady Danbury party too. And Daphne kind of walks past Simon and... They call each other your grace and just keep walking like, mm, hi, hi, hmm. And Daphne says, hey, this uh, married ladies party, do you think the general's wife will be there? Rose is like, well, she enjoys society. And Daphne's like, well, then I definitely have to go. And I was like, how does Rose know so much? But of course, the, the servants don't forget everything because they talk Rose about them. everything. They talk <laughs> yeah, right in front of them. So Daphne goes to Lady Danbury's house and she's all alone and she's dressed all in her, you know, ankle length gloves. Like she's got them on their full body gloves at this point. That's her fancy outfit. Yeah. And she walks in and it's a party of women having a gay old time. They're laughing and gambling and drinking and just being crazy. They're acting like men of this time. And Lady Danbury says, hey, welcome to my den of iniquity. And I was like, well, that's pretty much what it is. So she brings Daphne to sit down at this table, and there she's there with the Widow Towbridge, who we've met in another episode, and then it's Henry, the artist's wife, and then Kitty Langham, the general's wife. And Towbridge says, sit down. She's like, first the ladies take their wedding dolls, then us gamblers take their virtue, if the husbands have left any to be taken. Daphne is so, like, overwhelmed. There's so much going on. So Kitty, the general's wife, offers her some hooch and says it takes away the sting of losing. Lady Danbury warns him. She's like, the Duchess is a quick study. She'll figure this card game out in no time. But it takes a little practice and perseverance. So meanwhile, we get a little flash at the Gentleman's Club. And Simon is drinking. And Anthony walks in and says, Haha, funny seeing you here. You've been avoiding me. And Simon's like, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I am very comical. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> and Anthony's watching. And the women of the night have filed in. It seems like they must come in every night. And he's looking. Mm-hmm. And he sees this woman. And he sees her by the back of the head. And he's for sure it's Sienna. But she turns around. It's not her. It's some random girl. Back at the card party, Trowbridge, the widow, says she can't play anymore. Because the Earl would have her head if he knew how much money she lost. And I don't, some of them says, but isn't the Earl like two years old? It's the ge- the general's wife. She's like, well, he's two years old. Though. And she's like, oh, well, then I guess I'm in luck. <laughs> and Daphne is just winning money hand over fist. And so she turns like, oh, this is a good time to ask the general's wife. Um, do you think your husband can find a friend of a friend for me? And she's like, well, you could try asking him yourself. He's rarely home. Daphne says, well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And she's like... No, it's nice. I live a life separate from my husband. I have all the freedoms of marriage while bearing none of the burden of his company. Daphne's like, what if your children, don't they miss their father? And she's like, they can't miss what they don't know. It's not so bad. And she's like, oh, I'm sure the Duke's company is not a burden to you. And Daphne's like, well, at the moment it's not great. I know. And she's like, I'll give you my husband's address, the general's address, and you can write to him. You might actually hear something in a year or two because that's how the mail works at this time. So good luck. (laughs) And you're not his wife, so he might actually give you the time of day. Yeah. Back at this boring gentleman's club bar, Anthony is talking about the bubbles in his beer. At the end of the last little blip, he was like, I'm going to need a large glass. And then I, I'm like, is this a large glass? It's really not a large glass. It's like a pint glass. It's whatever those yeah, little glasses are. It's just are. a little thing. And Simon's like, get to the point. Anthony says, I don't know what you're talking about. Simon says, yes, you do. And Anthony says, yes, I do. I know that you have royally screwed up with my sister. And Simon's like, and how do you know that I'm the one that screwed up? And Anthony's like, because I know you. And I also know my sister. And I know which one is the screw up here. So Simon says, don't you get tired of being so perfect? And Anthony's like, well, no, but that's beside the point. At least we meaning the Bridgerton Mm -hmm. clan, keep our promises. Simon says, I am trying to be a man of my word. What about you and all your broken promises to keep Bearbrook away from Daphne, that opera singer you thought nobody knew about to take care of her? And Anthony says, you would never understand because you don't know what it's like to be the leader of a family because your father never gave you a proper example of how to do it. So it's quiet for a minute Mm -hmm. because you know that some shit's about to be unleashed and simon says well you certainly make it look difficult you can't manage all those responsibilities especially the one you know that firstborn sons are supposed to do the promise that they make their father before he dies 
what would the former Viscount say? Ugh, clutching pearls. And then they start throwing punches and breaking tables because men are so fucking stupid. Two guys pull them apart, and it seems to be the end of that friendship. I don't know. They're just stupid dudes. They're just boys, and they're freaking testosterone. Grow up! So Daphne comes home from the card party and she is sloppy drunk coming up those stairs. She is like her mom coming up <laughs> those stairs. Yep. <laughs> She's swaying. She's going from side to side. As she gets to the top of the stairs, she sees Simon in his room and he is cleaning the blood off of his face. He's got a big cut on his eye and I don't know, on his nose. I don't know where else the other one was. And he says, oh yeah, we got a little too rough training with Will. And she's like, should I call somebody to come help you? And he's like, uh, no. She's like, you know what? I can help you. I used to help clean up my brothers. They used to fight all the time because they're savages. So she comes in and she kind of gently holds his face and she's wiping off the blood and it's all very tender and he pulls her into his lap and kisses her and they're kind of face to face for a second and she just kind of whispers, why won't you unfold yourself to me? And he gives the biggest dramatic sigh like, oh, I'm drunk. You're drunk. We've got to do this shit again. And she's like, a child would be a blessing. And he just like, he jumps up so fast. I'm surprised she didn't fall on the floor. <laughs> and she's like, just tell me why. And I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to just gonna throw it all out here now. He's like, because I swore a long time ago that I would never sire a child. And she's like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. And he says, well, my father cared so much about the continuation of the line. He thought of that more than of my mother or me. And so I made a vow that his efforts to secure that line would be in vain. The line would die with me. She's like, so this is all because of a vow. But you made a vow to me too. Our wedding. Hello, I ate a grape forlornly. Do you not remember? It was only three weeks ago. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and he's like, um, I told you. And she's like, you told me you could not have children. You didn't tell me that it was a revenge plot against a dead man. And I was like, oof, here we go. Uh-huh. He's like, I swore on his deathbed. And she's like, and you betrayed me in our marriage bed. And I was like, oh, honey. And she's like, so let me get this straight. Let me just, let me just work this out real quick. You won't have the children or happiness we could have together because you promised your father you would not. He's like, oh yeah, when you put it that way, it does sound bad. But he says it cannot be undone. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If your hatred for your father outweighs any affection you might have towards me, then you're right. It can't be undone. She's like, by the way, my period's do, So you will know which vow you'll have broken, you know, in a day or so. And she just walks out like, and mic drop. Boof. Boop. So this is when I thought the episode Same. was going to be ending. <laughs> because as we have learned now over six episodes, that once you get Lady Whistledown talking again, we're hitting the end of the episode. Nope. 15 minutes more after this. Anyway. Lady Whistledown says, Dearest reader, is anything more exhilarating than taking a gamble? For it is often the highest risk that carries the greatest reward. So we see Lady Danbury in her party room the next morning. She's still drinking. Love her. (laughs) Yet wager wrongly and you might find yourself left with nothing but regret. And then we cut to Daphne writing a letter to the general and handing it to Rose. I was like, where is Rose delivering it to? A freaking battlefield? Like, where is she going? Rose is a woman (laughs) of many talents. I'm sure she will figure it out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Of course, no one can ever know for sure whether a wager will make a fortune or ruin it unless one chooses a more secure pursuit. So we see Will looking at the card that Lord Feather left, which I didn't really look at it, but I'm pretty sure it just says Lord Featherington. But as the season continues, the biggest gamblers have yet to show their hand, which leaves gossip in short supply in recent days. We see Marina walking around her room, holding her belly, and the queen is reading the latest Whistledown. And Whistledown says, in fact, this author can think of no other event that merits a mention. And the queen is so mad that Whistledown didn't mention the luncheon. It is worthy of note, however, that the Duke and Duchess of Hastings have yet to entertain callers together. And again, we see them passing the hall just like before. They barely acknowledging each other. Our newlyweds are no doubt still secluded in nuptial bliss. Who could fault them and who could be surprised if their diligent efforts? They were diligent about a week ago, but you know, are rewarded with a new arrival within the year. So Daphne gets out of bed and she pulls down the bed sheet to see that it's still clean. I'm like, is that 
Is is that just how they yeah. figured out that yeah. they started their period in the eighteen hundreds to pull their sheets down and be like, oh well, just well, you look at that. Yeah. <sighs> like Rose. I don't even know. Like how uh, it's just pouring out of them, and, and I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. I don't know. Because same thing with Marina. Yeah. It's like she'd wake up in the morning and just look down there. I'm like, hey. Yeah. She's looking at her <sighs> sheets and Simon peeks in like, got anything? All right. And, and walks like, out. Nope. Okay, great. <laughs> so Eloise and Penn are together. I didn't write down where they're at because I don't even fucking care. Um, <laughs> in Eloise's room. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. The lady was sitting down saying nothing happened in this last week when the queen kicked the Feathertons out of her luncheon. That should have been huge gossip news. That should have been all over the freaking front page. I think she put that in there either very intentionally as a burn to the queen being like, your luncheon sucked and I'm not going to talk about it. Mm, and I'm not going to say the other thing I was thinking. But yeah, I thought that was... A clue. It's mm-hmm. a clue. It's a huge clue. Anyways, so Eloise says, in the past, every whistledown revelation appeared to be plucked from a public event where any member of the ton could have known about it. She's like, but the comments about Marina were different. And Penn's like, yeah, they were personal. And she's like, your mom didn't just help Marina hide her condition all on her own. And Penelope's like, no, everybody in our house knew about it. Like, all the servants, <laughs> everybody. Because we just talk just about so that shit people. right in front of them because nobody cares. Yeah. And Eloise says, well, maybe as a tradesperson, maybe someone delivering something or coming to the house heard something. Penelope's like, yeah, maybe. And Eloise's like, this is wonderful, Pen. I must tell the queen of our new theory. Penelope tells her, well, tell her at tonight's concert. I know you're not quite out yet. Not out of the closet, like debut out. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? But if your mom will let you go, Eloise says, then we can restore your family's honor. And Penelope's, yeah, I gotta go home, but I'm gonna take the back stairs so no one will see me. Bye! Runs out the door. (sighs) Daphne and Maria are together, and Daphne is telling her that she wrote to the general about George. And Maria's like, cool, did the Duke sign the letter too? And Daphne's like, no, why? She's like, because the general isn't going to give two shits what some lady wants. And Daphne's like, I'm a duchess. I don't know if you heard. And Marina's like, um, I forgot. You are so unworldly. <sighs> it's over. I was like, oh, you sweet summer child. That is not how the world works. <laughs> she's like, it's over. I've already accepted the facts. Thanks anyways. And I'm out. And she leaves. And Daphne sighs. There's a lot of sighing and door slamming in this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So Anthony goes into his study with Colin, who says he's not going to the concert because he's not in the mood. He doesn't even like music anymore. Anthony says, I'm sorry, but you were acting like a fool. And Colin says, well, as apologies goes, this is a novel. Because he just pretty much told him, like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because you were acting dumb and I was not a part of it. (laughs) So they sit down and Anthony tells him, you know, that pain will pass. You have the love of your family and you have your honor after a while, it'd be like you never loved her at all. And Colin looks at him like, yeah, how's that working out with you and Sienna? And mm-hmm. Anthony says, it's a work in progress. <laughs> I'm doing my best, all right? Yeah. So Mama B is helping Eloise get ready for the concert. And Eloise does look very nice. And Mama B is just very excited and surprised that Eloise agreed to go. She doesn't know the secret reason she's going. Eloise looks like she's getting ready to cry, though. Like, she is not happy about this at all. Mama B says, if you aren't ready, just let me know. This should be an exciting time. A girl's, you know, premiere in society. Maybe I've been rushing you. And Eloise says, the queen's going to be there, right? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll go. This is very exciting, Mom. I'm so excited. Can't you tell? In another room, Daphne is standing in front of a mirror, and she's holding her stomach, pretending that she's got a baby in there, because maybe she does. We don't know yet. Simon walks in and sees her, and she notices him and puts her arms down real quick. He asks if she's ready. She's like, yep, ready to go. Let's go. So everybody's at the concert now, and Simon and Daphne, they walk in. They're all smiles. They know how to put on a show, that's for sure. Benedict is standing alone, drinking and watching the Weatherby dude, talking to, I don't know, cow pie, maybe? Yes. Yeah, he's talking to cow pie. Yeah. He sees Henry and goes over to talk to him and he like ushers him over to a a little corner of the room. He's like, okay, I want to know about your situation. And Henry says, well, it's pretty simple. 
I'm in love with Lord Weatherby. Benedict's like, but you're married. (laughs) And Henry's like, details, details. Benedict wants to know if the girls Weatherby is over there courting know about this arrangement. What about honor? What about romance? And Henry says, what do you know about either? I risk my life every day for love. You have no idea what it's like to be in a room with someone you can't live without, but you are still oceans apart. Mm-hmm. There it is. There's a the title. <laughs> we can't even smile at each other until we make sure no one is watching. Maybe all your talk about doing the same is just that. All talk. Because Benedict is, you know, like, I just want to live my own life and be my own person. But then he's sitting here, like, judging McJudgerson about Henry. Or maybe he's just really, really curious. Don't know. A little bi-curious? I don't know. So everyone is sitting down for this concert. It's a string orchestra again. God. Eloise is in the Queen's box, and she's given her a theory that Lady Whistledown is a tradesperson, and the Queen's like, that's it. That's all. That's all you got. Cool. I'm no longer in need of your services. I hired a team of Bow Street runners to do a proper investigation. They will unmask Whistledown, and she will be made to pay for her impertinence. That obnoxious gossip brag will finally cease to exist. And Eloise is like, wait, you're going to silence her? Well, you can't do you, wait. You can't do it just yet because there's something she has to do. She's like purring a retraction about my friend. Um, hold on, and Queen's like, "Ew, child, go get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to hear about your shit." So Ellie's runs out of the box and runs to Benedict and asks him how long this concert's going to be. He's like, "I don't know, three hours, four hours. No, no, no it takes all night." And he's like, "But I've heard enough." And she's like, "You are my favorite brother." He takes his arm and they <laughs> sneak out. So we get a quick flash of Marina sneaking through the feather house down to the kitchen and she's grabbed a teacup and she's looking at the wall of herbs and spices. I don't know if she's looking for the secret recipe. I don't know what she's looking for, but it's hard <laughs> to say. She's going to make herself some chicken. I don't know. Uh. Um. So Eloise and Benedict are back in the carriage and Eloise is so pleased with herself that she's gotten out of this stupid concert. Benedict tells her, hey, um, real quick, we're going to stop and pick up one of my friends. And she's like, you have a friend? <laughs> and he's like, I am not bound by the rules of society. Also, sure. please don't tell mom. <laughs> 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 and they pull up to Modiste. And Eloise is like, why are we here? And Genevieve comes walking out of Modiste. And I was like, how does she know he was coming? Like... How? He called ahead. Um, How, with a With a pigeon. Carrier pigeon? Or, yeah. yeah, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scroll, something like that. <laughs> so she gets in and she's like all excited to see Benedict. She's like, oh, your sister's here. Great. And they make awkward small talk. And she's like, so how was your night <laughs> to Eloise? And Eloise tells her, as expected, horrible and terribly boring. And Genevieve's like, so this is why you didn't want to lower your hems? You just didn't want to do this? And Eloise tells her, the entire ton was here tonight, and I did not have a single worthwhile exchange. You talked to the queen. You didn't bother to talk to a dude. Nothing worthwhile. Yeah, you didn't talk to anybody else. And Genevieve says, well, everyone was there except the Featheringtons. And Eloise says, yeah, everyone except them. And all of a sudden... Eloise starts having this flashback on all the exchanges she's had with Penn and the dressmaker, and she's having a full-on homeland, criminal mind, freak out. She's Charlie from (laughs) It's Always Sunny. She's got the string and the tats, and she's putting the shit all together. (laughs) There's your other meme right there. It's Genevieve on Charlie's face. Oh my god, someone's on fire. (laughs) So what we get from this is Eloise is like, oh my god, it's Genevieve. She's whistled out. She's the one who knows everything because she's a tradesperson and she's listening to all these conversations. Makes sense, I guess. So back at the concert, the orchestra is still playing and Benedict, no, Benedict, Kelly, Anthony looks down at the crowd and notices Sienna holding hands with some dude. And he's, like, miserable. And Simon and Daphne look miserable. Everybody's miserable. Quick cut to Marina, still in the kitchen, gathering spices from the jars. And she's making some kind of tea. Simon reaches over and holds Daphne's hand as they're sitting up in their little box. And then, all of a sudden, she starts gasping sharply, according to Mm -hmm. my captions. And she runs off. I guess her courses started. That's what she calls them. I was like, right in the middle of the best part of the concert. Isn't that always the way? (laughs) Mama B noticed that Daphne ran out. 
at the feathers again penelope knocks on marina's door there's no answer she walks in and she finds marina laying on the floor beside the empty teacup so i guess it was like suicide tea or something (laughs) i was like (laughs) i was like see penelope okay okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there because yeah i'm I'm, mm -hmm, i know okay with you okay Back to Daphne now. She's in, like, I, I don't know, a bathroom, a dressing room, a, some room. I think it's the room that go. that's the room right outside the boxes. It's the room that, like, their oh. little sitting room before they go into their boxes. Okay. Okay. Uh, she's stuffing napkins up her cooch. And I was like, yep, been there, done that. <laughs> and, it's not linen and, ones. Not like, no. these are nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, she is bleeding, so no baby. She's devastated, and Mama B walks in as she starts sobbing and hugs her, and then the music stops for the concert, and that's the end of the episode. And I felt really bad for her at this moment because I feel like in her mind, this was it. Mm-hmm. This was her chance this was it. If she was going to have a baby, she could have this baby. She would have something in her life to love and to be devoted to if Simon wasn't going to be that person. But if she wasn't pregnant, he was never going to give her another chance to be. So I think to her, this was just literally the end of her entire life. Yeah, but I think an important part here is that as that music quiets down, you can see Simon in the box and he can hear her crying behind him. And the look over his face is like, he is just as destroyed as she is. And not like that, not that he wanted a baby. It's because she's so sad. Like he's ruined this. He's done this. He's taken that from her. Right. And so, oh, that. I know. Okay. The show doesn't do much for me. Them standing in front of the painting. I like that little scene, but this right here while she's crying and he hears her crying. I was like, oh, that got me. That got me more than Marina laying on the floor. Who cares about Marina? Marina still. Yeah. <laughs> but because I didn't exactly know where she was, I couldn't tell. Thinking about it now, it's pretty obvious. I couldn't tell if she was close enough to him that he would be hearing her crying or if he was just reacting because he knew what she had gotten up about. But having that context, it is really really devastating yeah and what's happening with these women's periods because they're like just buckets of blood in bed and they're like all of a sudden shooting pain oh that's my period like how do you know like like i've never had like oh my god that's it it's right there no i'm i don't know when i was 16 tmi but it it would go from nothing to like hemorrhaging like in three seconds and so i'd have been like whoa yep there there it is yeah being a girl is really fun sometimes it's super awesome it's super Mm -hmm. awesome and then i'm in the bathroom at school just shoving paper towels anywhere i could fit them yeah i remember seventh grade i got my period at school and i had nothing and some girl like i had stuffed i don't know how much like an entire paper towel roll in there and I remember some, I was walking in the hall and some girl's like, oh my God, are you wearing a diaper? And I was like, oh my God, she knows. <laughs> she so knows. <sighs> Good times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one more episode. Praise the Lord. Go. Hallelujah. <sighs> I feel like they're really not going to wrap very much up. I don't know if there's seasons and seasons and seasons of this you think there'll be like a cliffhanger or do you think that this gets wrapped up with a bow and then they just kind of start a new plot line the next i think it gets wrapped up because i kind of looked ahead so (laughs) oh okay (gasps) cheater it it gets i think it gets wrapped up and then i've seen some stuff about what's happening next season like they're bringing in don't care like a love interest for anthony next season i could give two shits about anthony so yep (laughs) I couldn't even give like 18 shits about Anthony. I couldn't get none. Any no shits. No shits for you. No. No. I prefer that to something that would be carried over to the next season. So, all right. Well, it looked like it was. I mean, there might be other stuff. It looked like there's a couple major plot points that get wrapped up. So, excellent. Okay. Well, tell us what you're thinking about. What's going on in Bridgerton? Do you have any embarrassing period stories? I mean, <laughs> we're game for that, too. It, it doesn't have to be all Bridgerton all the time. 
we don't have any new iTunes reviews, which makes me very, very sad. No. Very sad. I can't believe you guys. I really Mike Hunt. Really just Mike angry. Hunt didn't leave us one. You know, Ashi no. My Pants hasn't left us one. <laughs> There's so many. I'm not going to say that I'm mad. I'm just disappointed, you know? <laughs> but that's okay because there are just so many other places that you could send your period stories and yes. where are those places Tiffany well I mean if you're into sharing them publicly you can go to <laughs> Facebook or Instagram at that's so original podcast you can go on Twitter at that's so pod and just tell the whole world about when your period destroyed <laughs> you in the sixth grade um, you if you're you're a little more you know don't want to share it that, that much you can you can email us directly at that so original podcast at gmail.com. I don't know why that yep. just like it doesn't work in my brain. Or just go to our website at that so original podcast.com. You can go on iTunes, you know, leave us an iTunes review about your period story. I mean, oh my god, perfect. That's it right there. Two five birds, stars. My period started when I was 10. End of, <laughs> end of review on a trampoline at my best friend's house. That's true. <laughs> Got in my ears. It was uh. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. Okay. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, all those places. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't disappoint me. And, <laughs> oh, we will talk to you. There you go. From speakers. There you go. Next time. Bye. Bye.